Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. The best of the podcast of ever. Hey! hey! We're, we're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. The sun, the bright sun that brings back not light alone, but new life and hope and freshness to man, burst upon the crowded city in clear and radiant glory. Through costly colored glass and paper-mended window, through cathedral dome and rotten crevice, it shed its equal ray. Welcome to Celestial Bodies, The Sun, the 110th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 19th century novelist Charles Dickens. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelocityRose.com. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary Meet. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. And here comes the sun. <laughs> here comes the sun. Okay. All right. And uh, Melkor in the chat is assisting with doo doo doos. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's start with our housekeeping as usual. All right. Uh, so we have one new kitten. Welcome to our newest kitten. We love you, kitten. One new hunter, Cosmic okay. Rose. Oh, thank you, Cosmic Rose. Welcome. Yes, greetings, Cosmic Rose. All right. Sundays at 2. Mm-hmm. PM, I do a Zoom call unless the cat pisses me off. And then it, and it starts, starts at noon. And then it starts at noon. <laughs> he was being a little bit of a pisher today. That's true. A pisher? A pisher. That's I'm a new one on me. I'm not sure what the fuck a pisher is. Me, me neither. That one's, that one's new on me. <laughs> then on Monday, uh-huh. Monday morning, I lead a guided meditation from 8 a.m. Eastern for about less about 20 minutes. And then on Wednesday, I'm doing a uh, book club, and we're reading How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi, and we are on Chapter 12. Yep. There we go. And Cars looked up Pisher, which means an insignificant or contemptible person. Well, there you go. <laughs> he was being a Pisher. <laughs> Worked incredibly well. Wow. He really was. He was being, being very stubborn today. <laughs> Getting on everybody's nerves, except Ode, because Ode wasn't in the room. I was upstairs. Right, yeah. <laughs> Ode was, and that, that, nothing really seems to phase Ode anyway. Oh, thank Dictinus. So there you go. Hail Dictinus, god of podcasts and diction. <laughs> yes, Scoobus asked, does learning new vocabulary count as an offering to Dictinus? I think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, yes. yeah. So there you go. Pisher. <laughs> and we just won't explain Dictinus. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> You'll just have to figure it out as time goes on. <laughs> uh, moving on, we are opening up the Yuling again. Yes. So, yes. Uh, the Yuling starts again this year. You can find the... Hold on. Do you want to explain what the Yuling is? Okay. Yes. For those who are new. For right. those who are new. We do have a bunch of new people. That's, yes, yes, we do. So, and some of them have a long fucking backlog, backlog to get through. To yeah, get that's through. true. All right. So the Yuling is... Basically, a secret Santa that we do with the Pride. You submit to us your name, your address, your path. Legal name. Your legal name, your mailing address, and your path and interests. And we pair you up with another member of the Pride, and you send each other a gift. Yeah. And hopefully both of you do it. Hopefully both of you yes. do it. By so, all the gods, don't participate if you cannot actually send a gift. Yeah, we've done this two years in a row now. And both times we've had some people who have not sent anything to their partner and have not informed us that they have been not unable to do yeah. that. This is not a good thing. That's yeah. not that. Yeah. There's, so the no. rules are, and they've this, these are the same rules as last year, year. And I'm gonna remind you of them again in the hopes that this time they will be abided by. December 1st is the last time to send in your information. There's a Google form where you can mm-hmm. send us everything at tinyurl.com slash 3PACUL. That's 3-P-A-A-C-U-L-Y-U-L-E. So you submit your information through this Google form to me. It goes into a spreadsheet. I pair you up with somebody. I send you an email with the information of your partner. By December 1st, you have to have your submission in. By December 2nd, you'll be paired up with someone. By December 15th, your gift, which should cost $5 or less, or be handmade. Or be handmade. Or be yep. handmade. <laughs> That's an option. Your gift should be in the mail by December 15th to your partner. In the mail. In the mail. <laughs> if by the 15th you and find out that you're unable to do it, you need to email Ode. Yes. You need to email me at ode at threepagansandacat.com. 
and I will make other arrangements for your partner. Yep. And I would even say because this is 2020, the year of COVID, maybe even get your package out before the 15th. Ideally, yes. Ideally. The 15th is the cutoff for when you should have your package in the mail. And if you do not have your package in the mail by then, you need to email me so I can make other arrangements for your partner. Yep. If you don't email me this year, I'm going to be instituting a forward-going ban. Like, if you can't make a Euling arrangement with your partner and you let me know by the 15th, that's okay. But if you don't let me know by the 15th and your partner has to email me in January saying that they never received something, you will be banned from further participation in the Euling. Mm-hmm. We're, okay. we're going to get tough, people. Because <laughs> seriously, it, it, it's uh, hard on the person who doesn't mm-hmm. receive the gifts. They get it's very sad for them, and yeah. and uh, they they're kind of brokenhearted, and that yeah. makes us brokenhearted, and that's not a good thing. And an important <laughs> thing to remember is that the Euling is not based no. in the U.S. We have international people in the Pride all over the world. That's you right. might be paired up with someone who's not in the same country as you. I try to pair people up in the same country where that's possible, yep. but sometimes it's not. So there might be shipping expenses and things like that. So don't sign up for the Euling unless you are prepared to potentially pay, you know, $50, $70 in shipping. Yeah. And, Steph, yes, we did have a couple of people volunteer last year to be backup person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're willing to do that, just send Ode an email yep. that says that, and you'll be added to the list. Yep. yep. The, the tiny URL link. Oh, uh, it'll be on the episodes. Yep. It will be linked in the Discord, and it'll be linked in the Facebook. It's probably not going to show up as a link on, on our website, website, just because updating our website is kind of a pain. Yeah. And will it be Facebook page and group, or just Facebook group? Page and group. Page, page and group, group. Yep. Yep. There you go. Yep. Yep, page, so, group, Discord, and, all those things. And you can just type into your browser bar, tinyurl.com backslash 3packyule, and it'll take you to this form. And this really is a lot of fun. We got a it lot is, of yeah. feedback from people who did, you know, it, the process worked and they mm-hmm. exchanged gifts yeah. with it's, each honestly, other. Honestly, it's a very small percentage of people that just, like, didn't yeah, make it work small. and didn't let me know. But moving forward, I need people to let me know. It's okay. There's no shame if nope. you can't make it work. If something comes up, if yep. you thought you would be able to and you can't, that's okay. Absolutely. You just need to let me know. Right. Because it's a lot of fun for people when mm-hmm. it does work all together. Yep. And I think that's it for housekeeping. I think we are sure. housekept and housewept. <laughs> Unless I think of something else. Is there anything else? I won't. I, won't think, I don't think I'll think of anything else. I don't, I don't else. think so. Yeah, I, don't I think, think that's I think I'm thought out. I think there that's no all our stuff. I think that's think. all our stuff. I think that's stuff. Yeah. The stuff is done. Okay, episode over. Housekeeping <laughs> 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 complete. Oh. Episode beginning. Okay. We do all housekeeping right. and then the episode, and then we're done. <laughs> all right. There's an order of operations here. If you insist. Okay. So, <laughs> I do. I do insist. Yeah, very <laughs> yeah, much very, so. Very short episode if we just have <laughs> housekeeping. Don't think many people would tune in for that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the next April Fool's episode. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many ideas for the oh next April God. Fool's episode. Yeah, because we didn't do one last year. No, no, no we skipped year. it last year. No, yeah. yeah, this, this year. year. This year. We skipped yeah. 2020. Yeah, we skipped it April Fucking Fool's. 2020 is Because what, what could you have done? Right, what how do you, you top do? the absolute <laughs> bullshit of 2020? Right? right. So we just didn't try. Nope. But next year, 2021, maybe we'll have an April Fool's. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're gonna be doing, we're gonna be continuing our Celestial Bodies series with the sun. The sun. So, uh, I got a little bit of science, not a huge amount of science, probably less science than I had for the moon, but I've got science. science Gwen probably has more science. Excellent, excellent. Let's talk about some science. So, the first thing that I think is very cool about the sun, and which I think is ironic considering how much it's sort of downplayed in modern Mm neo-paganism, is that the sun makes up 99.86% of all mass in our solar system. I saw that and I was like, wow. I, I, li- you, I did not need, know that. Yeah, if you need a scale for how fucking big the sun is, it is 99.86% of all mass. That includes planets, extraplanetary stars. bodies. No, not stars. Our okay. solar system. Oh, our solar system. So, so that includes planets. That includes extraplanetary bodies like asteroids. And, like, all that stuff in our solar system, all put together, is less than 1% of the total mass in the solar system. They Rabbit's dead. Yes. Rabbit's dead. She thick. She is. Yes. The sun is thick. Yes. That is correct. And Selkie says, well, I'm already short now. I feel even smaller. 
right? What a way to make you feel insignificant, right? Insignificant. Like even just looking. So so earlier uh, this week, yesterday. I looked that at. Would be earlier this week. Earlier this week. <laughs> I have a hard time with time. Anyway, so I, yesterday I watched a video. So on very, very long, like flat lakes, you can see the curvature of the Earth. You can see as you pan, like if you pick a fixed point in the distance, you can mm-hmm. see it receding below the waterline. So I was watching that. I was watching some really high res footage of the curvature of the earth and being like, wow, the the planet's just very huge and we're just very small. And then I thought about in comparison to like all the other stuff in the, in the solar system and then the galaxy. And then I was like, actually not that big. We're just very small. Right. And there is a fucking reason we should be worshiping the sun. Right. And it was super, (laughs) I'm just saying, And this is, this is the baffling part. We're going to get back into science, but this is the baffling part to me is that, in ancient pagan traditions, yep. the sun was usually like the most important thing. Mm-hmm. The sun was a major god or goddess. That's right. In almost every ancient religion, and yet in modern neo paganism, we really downplay the sun for some reason. And it's the moon that gets a lot of the attention. Yeah. yeah. But really, when you read this, you're like, damn. <laughs> I am totally in with your excitement because when I I wasn't originally going to do any science on this one, I was going to let O do all the science, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to look into some bit. science. And then I was like, holy shit, this is fucking cool. Science is fun. Science is fun. So yeah, the sun is enormous, guys. We like it looks small in the sky. It's not small. It's just far away. If you've ever seen uh, the Will Smith movie with the aliens, Men in Black. Yes. <laughs> There are a couple of Will Smith movies with aliens, though. I think Independence Day. But I knew what I was talking about. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. But like in Men in Black, you know, where they open up the uh, locker? Yes. And and, and it's just like, we're just this little tiny Uh within a bigger thing, within a bigger thing, within a bigger thing. I think the second one where we're we're like our entire universe is like a bobble on a bracelet on an alien child's wrist. It was on a cat. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 So that's, yes. We need to watch those movies again. It's been a bit. (laughs) But moving on to more science. Right. Okay. Continue to science. We're very excited about the, the, the mass mass of the sun. Density of the sun. But it's also how many kilometers in diameter? I don't know off the top of my head. 1,390,000. Wow. <laughs> well, that's great, but... That's the that's, diameter. That's, that's the thing is that a kilometer like... is hard to... So the thing is, when you get into... That's very big. That's very... It's The human brain just isn't, like, the right scale to understand numbers that big. Look at look at the mind blown. The mind blown, Yeah. <laughs> The, this is why I like looking at, like, the curvature of the Earth, yep. because you you know what the scale for, like, a pine tree is, right? So if you see a pine tree in the distance descending beneath the curve of the Earth, you get a sense for how, what the scope is of the planet, right? Oh, okay. Did you did you look at the temperature of the sun? Oh, it's very, very hot. It is. It's 5,800 Kelvin on the surface. Yeah, and that's not the hottest part. It's that's the, the hottest, hottest part. part of the sun. <laughs> the hottest part of the sun is the core, which is where all the fusion happens, mm. and which is currently filling up with helium. Okay, so just for because people don't understand. Yeah, explain I mean, in Fahrenheit. Yeah, what Kelvin rabbit is. rabbit would get like kilometers. Right. But for those of us who, who are in the imperial system, who are in the imperial system and have the not caught on yet, outdated imperial system. Right. That's uh. 863,705 miles. Yeah. That's a lot of miles. That's a lot of miles. miles. When you consider New York to L.A. is a little over 3,000 miles. It's a lot of miles. (laughs) Rabbit says miles. It's kilometers in Australia. Ah. Oh, sorry. (laughs) And then Kelvin. So... I actually understand Kelvin because it's a lighting term. Uh huh. Yeah. But that's 50, probably the only reason I understand uh-huh. Kelvin. <laughs> Fifty-eight hundred Kelvin is nine thousand nine hundred and eighty degrees Fahrenheit. That's a lot of heat. Yeah. So almost ten thousand degrees. And, yeah. And man, we bitch and, when it gets up into the nineties. Uh huh. Right. When you got those people in California, like, it hit 121. Well, that's hot. That is hot. And it's, that's it's, not sun. It's definitely too hot for human. Yes. Right, yes. But the reason that we're able to have life as we recognize it on this planet is that we're in, like, the perfect sweet spot in relationship yep. to the sun, yep. from our distance to the sun. That's right. And our atmosphere does some important attenuation, which is why the ozone layer is important, that prevents the sun from baking us completely so yeah. that we actually lose... 
some of the intensity of the sun as it comes through the atmosphere so that it just heats the planet in a nice warming and life-giving way instead of a murderous way. (laughs) But like that 5,800 Kelvin on the surface, Mm -hmm. it's 15,600,000 Kelvin at the core. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's a lot the, of that's right. a lot of that's Kelvin, where the people. perpetual fusion is happening. So that's basically just gas at that point. Yeah, it is. It's it plasma. Is. Yeah, it's yeah. The, yeah. the sun is plasma. Yeah, it's a swirling it's mass. plasma. Yeah, hydrogen and helium, yep. swirling mass of uh, gas. Yeah, the hydrogen is being converted into helium, and eventually, so what? Our star is actually the sun is a star. In case you didn't know, it but is our star. our star is that um what's called it's called a G class main stage star G two V G two V star yeah a yellow dwarf although its visible spectrum is actually white so the sun will eventually and we mentioned this a little bit last episode the sun mm-hmm. will eventually expand into what's called a red giant when it runs out of fuel to continue converting mm-hmm. during the fusion process in its core yep it will expand into a red giant that will still be very, 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 very murderously hot. Very bad. <laughs> and basically wreck the the closest three planets, including us. <laughs> Scuba says if we don't destroy ourselves first. Exactly. Fair point. Um, oh, the planet will still be here. Oh, yeah. To lose atmosphere we, and all life. <laughs> we just might not be. We won't be. But that'll be... Five or so billion years in the future. Yeah, that's that's way, way into the future of our solar system. We'll let the cockroaches worry about that one. Exactly. Whatever's left on life at this uh, on this planet at that point can worry about the sun becoming a red giant. That's not going to be our problem. It's nope. just a cool thing to think about. On the, uh, the website that I looked at uh, talking about the sun, it said, the sun is middle-aged. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's 4.6 billion years old. It's a middle-ager. Yeah, yeah. There's actually something called the Young Sun Paradox, which is that our planet, the evidence for our planet indicates that it's been, it was slightly warmer in the past, but it's been in the same sort of livable temperature range for most of its existence. But the sun, when our planet probably came into being, was a much weaker star that wasn't producing as much light and heat yet. Is that why we had the ice ages? We don't know. We don't know why. So this is why it's called a paradox. Because oh. the, So there are some theories that maybe there were more greenhouse gases on the Earth in way, way prehistory. And it was therefore trapping more heat from the weaker sun mm-hmm. that was able to sustain life as we understand it. But we haven't been able to find evidence of that in the minerals evidence for those greenhouse gases having existed in higher concentrations. So we actually don't know why our planet had life-giving levels of heat when we had a much younger, weaker sun. Maybe it's because... It's a mystery. Maybe it's because the flat earthers are right and we live under a dome. (laughs) Um. Having just witnessed the curvature of the earth yesterday, I doubt it. (laughs) I know. I've I've seen that experiment. Yeah. If if scientists can't figure it out, we probably shouldn't conjecture. No, yeah. I don't think we're going to be able to figure it out here on the podcast. But that's something that science is continuing to explore is... How did the planet stay warm when the sun was much younger? Question. Which is which you know brings into things like okay, well, how are we projecting that five billion years from now the sun will become a red giant, right, and destroy us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe the Earth has some kind of maybe just the same as the Earth had a, a solution for the young sun that wasn't able to sustain uh, the amount of heat that it needed. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll have a solution for an old sun that has too much heat. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, we won't be here to figure it out. <laughs> So this is interesting, at least to me. Mm-hmm. So currently the sun is burning hydrogen. Yes. But when it goes to the red giant, it actually starts burning helium. Yes, which is mm-hmm. what it's currently converting the hydrogen into, into yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in its core. Yeah. We are currently at 70% hydrogen and 28% helium right. which within is why the we, sun. Which is why we have this long time frame of continuing to have a, a useful sun. Yep. <laughs> so you got more science on there? Yes. So something... Interesting that I found. So uh, we know our sun is very, very far away from us, right? But it's also very, very close to us comparatively because it only takes, on average, about 8 minutes and 19 seconds for light from our sun to reach planet Earth. Our nearest neighbor, the closest star to us, is Proxima Centauri. 
and it takes 4.3 years for light from Proxima Centauri to reach Earth. And that is the closest star to us other than our own sun. Which is probably a good thing. Yes, we couldn't just... <laughs> the, the heat problem would, would, would be more if we had two suns. The, if we had a binary star system, we would have more problems, yes. Yes, but it works in science fiction, not in reality. Yeah. But yeah, so I thought it was interesting, although, like, for our scale, the sun is very, very far away, mm-hmm. in cosmic sense, right, in a solar sense, it's actually extremely close to us. Mm. Most, <laughs> Car's looking up Centauri now. <laughs> Alpha Centauri is our closest star system, yeah. I'm, I'm not looking up that Centauri. Hope y'all don't mind you're getting a very long science I, uh... lesson this time. <laughs> I actually remembered that the Wheeler Dealer in the last Starfighter's name was Centauri. So <laughs> yeah. That's where, I, that's yeah, where yeah. I'm actually stuck at right now. Is yeah. uh, the, I, the last Starfighter is now in my head. Played by Valid. Robert Creston. Yep. I loved him. Yep. Um, Rochelle is saying I thought it was Alpha Proxima. So the original uh, name that was that Postulated. was proposed for that star is Proxima Centauri, or actually Proxima Centaurus, in like 1920s. And it was officially ratified as Proxima Centauri in 2016. But there were there have been multiple names for that star yeah. until it was officially in the star database. So something that I thought was interesting is that although we call it a yellow dwarf and we think of the sun as being yellow to red colored, um, and we usually represent it that way mm-hmm. in images, mm-hmm. it actually produces white light. That's because all the colors are in it. Yes. That's how light works. <laughs> That's the difference between... Oh shit, I can't remember what it's called now. It's an art theory thing where negative and positive types of color interactions. Light, when you add colors, becomes white. Substance, when you add colors, becomes black. It's an art theory thing. We'll move on. <laughs> but because of atmospheric scattering, so because the light as it comes through the atmosphere, in addition to losing some of its energy, it also bounces off of particles in the atmosphere and changes the visible spectrum of the light. Mm -hmm. So we mostly, even though if you look directly at the sun, which is not recommended because it, it can seriously fuck up your eyesight, although we mostly perceive sunlight as being yellow, it's actually white. If you look directly at it, it will look white. Mm-hmm. Um, and you but might you see, shouldn't do that. You shouldn't no. do that. And you might see yellow sort of in the corona area. But as it descends towards the horizon, it gets redder because it's hitting more atmospheric particles along the way. And that's gotcha. why it looks so pretty. Mm-hmm. And yes, Scuba's Ford Perfect was from near Alpha Centauri. It was, yes. That's right. Yes. We are by far the geekiest family that we're like, we know exactly who Ford Perfect is, so all right, cool, we'll just go on. And I love Ford Perfect. All right, right. continue. Do you have more science? Um, No, I think that was pretty much the same stuff. Okay. Okay. Cool. There's only so much to know. There's about only so much. To, I mean, there's a lot to know. We didn't even more. touch on all the stuff you could know about the These sun. These are the fun but facts. As not astronomers, here's yeah. what we know about the sun. I literally got everything about the sun from fun facts about the sun. Dot <laughs> <laughs> com. Space-facts.com. So I think that's all the science we're going to talk about, unless we run into more science somewhere along the way, which is always <laughs> possible. Well, I think it just, like we were saying before when we first started the science mm-hmm. lesson, it just reiterates I think that, why yeah. we should be honoring the sun as pagans. It's very weird to me, <laughs> the number of pagans who don't have any, like, interest in the sun. Like, not that they don't respect the sun, but they oh, just yeah. don't have any interest in the sun. Which is really interesting, because we do cleanse things with the sun. We can, or you can. You can. Most people actually do use the moon. That's true. So I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if it's... um because of a patriarchal thing, trying to get away from the patriarchy. I think it must be, which is ironic because the sun is not universally male. No, the Norse sun is, is female, is sunar or sol. But I didn't know that. Right. So a lot of people don't. I think people take the like Greek sun, like Helios, or the Roman sun Apollo, and they just assume that all the suns are masculine. And I'm going to correct you there because sol is also a name for uh, the Roman. That's actually the. The Roman, or was it Greek? Oh, I'm getting confused. Sol is a Latin word for for sun. sun. Yes. Yes. And it's also a Norse word for sun. Yes, but Sol Invictus 
Yes, became, the unconquered sun. Yes, the unconquered sun, and became a big deity in Rome during the reign of Aurelian from yes. CE two seventy to two seventy five. Around two seventy eight, Sol Invictus became, what, big, became like the focus. Yeah, it was Aurelian's favorite cult, basically. Yeah, yeah. But I believe Sol Invictus was a masculine son. Yes. So. Yes. And which is in the Feast of Sol Invictus actually has some potential um, connections to Christmas, which we've talked about in the past during various mm-hmm. Yule episodes. Which we'll never do again. Never again. All right, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so it, it was never like a universal thing. There were some masculine mm-hmm. sun gods and some feminine sun gods. And not all of them were personifications of the sun. Some of them were gods who were associated with the sun. Exactly. Like, I have a list here. Um, Helios in the Greek tradition is the personification of the sun Mm -hmm. and is the brother of Selene, who was the uh, personification of the moon. Right. Helios was actually worshipped almost exclusively uh, or especially in Rhodes, the, the island of Rhodes. And so that was around the 5th century BCE is when worship of Helios became a big thing. And then Apollo came along at the same time and was associated with the sun and then became the personification, you know, like, right. became the sun god. Right. But initially it sun, was Yeah, Helios. so sun god is a very vague, uh, a sort of umbrella term that yeah. generally uh, encompasses both deities that are personifications of the sun, deities that are associated with the sun, and deities who have some power over the sun. Right. So uh, you get into, like, Japanese mythology. Uh, Amaterasu Mm -hmm. is the sun. Yes. (laughs) Suna, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. or or Sol. Suna or Sol, both. Yeah, it's the Norse. In Aztec, it's Tonatia. Of course, in Egypt, it's Ra. So, in Egypt, actually, they had multiple sun gods. So, in Egypt, there was... Ra is the one, I think, who's best known. Mm -hmm. But the sun disk that is represented behind a lot of gods, including Mm -hmm. Bast and Wadjet and Sekhmet, the sun disk is Aten. Oh, that's right. And there was eventually, in the later period in Egypt, there was eventually a cult dedicated to to Aten Mm -hmm. as the personification of the sun instead of to Ra or to Amun-Ra. Was it Aten where the the pharaoh tried to make that the one god? there was a pharaoh who tried to make Aten the one, like, monotheistic faith of Egypt. And it it lasted about as long as his reign did, did, and then it did not. His name was Akhenaten. Yep, Akhenaten. Thank you, Determines, and he and the name Akhenaten has Aten in it. He considered himself the son of Aten. Yes. Yes. So thank you for that, Steph. Yep. Um, but other yeah, days, no. Selkie says he was very unpopular. He was. Akhenaten was not well liked because he tried to convert all of Egypt to mm-hmm. this monotheistic sun worship. Okay, so other deities associated with the sun, and this is just a short list. Right. Yeah. There's a huge <laughs> Aditi, Akinchil. Obviously, Apollo, mm-hmm. Aten, Brigid, Datara, Frey, Itzama, Lucifer. For the star. For the star. Mithra, Mystery, Neaton. I'm probably killing these <laughs> pronunciations. Pava, and Savitar. Many of those I have not heard of. Yeah, and because they're from various cultures mm-hmm. and... I have something interesting to know about the Celts. Ooh, tell us about the Celts. Tell us about the Celts. So they were actually... Depending on where the Celts were from. So, continental Celts. That makes sense, yeah. Okay, so these are Celts that are Gaul, Gaul the mm, continent, okay. not uh, Ireland Irish, and yeah. Scotland and mm-hmm. uh, that area. So, the continental Celts worshipped a masculine sun. Okay. And uh, Belenos, Granos, and Lug were the ones that fit. Okay. How okay. do you spell Lug? Is, is, is that Lug? L-U-G. L-U-G. Is that, oh, what is, is, that another spelling? Lug. is that another spelling of Lou or? Yeah, it's okay. just an early, very right. early spelling. Okay. Of okay. All so the spelling. it may have been so a pre Lou. Yep, yep, a pre Lulu. A pre Lulu? I'm going to tell Jackson you said that. Um, <laughs> At least but, that's a great nickname for. <laughs> <laughs> and saying. then the insular Celts, so these are the ones from Ireland, Wales, Scotland, uh, the Isle of Wight. Yeah. They had feminine. So, Ain was the summer sun. That's A-I-N-E, correct? Yes. Okay. And then Grain, which is G-R-I-A-N, okay. is the winter sun. Oh. And two different goddesses. So, they... Interesting. So, they sort of traded off yep. mm-hmm, yeah. powers and responsibilities. Exactly. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That is very interesting. Yep. And then Brigid is just 
loosely associated because right. you brought them up because of uh, the goddess of fire and light. Right. Right. So right. It, it's because just a loose association. We, because but, before we knew the plasma existed, it was right. a reasonable assumption right. that the sun was made of fire. Yeah. Well, she's also associated with the dawn. So okay. right. yeah, that's probably part of that as well. And that then the sense. Welsh had Olwen. Olwen? So, Olwen. Okay. O-L-W-E-N. Okay. Uh, considered the vestige of the local sun goddess. Right. And then uh, the British had Sulis. Which Sulis. is yeah, S U L I S. Interesting. Yep. And was that uh Sulis kind of fit Helios and Surya. Okay, in that in that same vein. Indo European yep. zone. Yep. Oh, and Cliff is uh telling us that the Anya. A- Anya. 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 Okay. Is how that is. There's probably an accent on that E would be my guess. Yeah, but there wasn't in what I copied. That's so fair. or it could just be that Celtic names are hard. Here's the question I have, because we you know, we were talking about the fact that modern day practitioners we really don't pay as much attention to the sun as perhaps we should. Yeah. Um because the moon really has taken precedence in a lot of pagan traditions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um and I I mentioned, you know, perhaps that's because of patriarchy. Right. Well and then I, I had written down here and I remembered Sol Invictus was a deity of the Roman soldiers. The unconquered part. <laughs> yeah, the unconquered part. But maybe when Constantine converted to Christianity, he, you know, and made actually, everybody so, Christian. So it wasn't actually just Constantine, but yes, there was a lot of adoption by uh, early Christians of solar trends, right? Right, um, right. Iconography. Part of that is because in one, in some book in the Old Testament, there's a reference to a son, mm-hmm. a son of victory or something, S-U-N, and... A lot of early Christians interpreted that reference as Jesus Christ. Because he's the son, S-O-N. S-O-N, yeah. Mm -hmm. So they adopted a lot of solar imagery into Christianity. And even now today, if you look at like... Like, if you look at some of the Catholic iconography, the Catholic imagery, there are a lot of sunbursts. And if you look at... Um, old like Renaissance paintings of saints. They have the halos and the which look like sun discs, exactly like Egyptian yep. sun discs. You see the same thing in the Orthodox Church as yep. well. Yeah, Greek yeah. Orthodox, Greek Orthodox with yeah. Anglican, mm-hmm. yeah, Russian so, Orthodox. So a yeah. lot of that, a lot of that sun imagery was definitely adopted by Christianity. So I, I, yeah, I guess I can see why if you're coming out of Christianity, you might like have a an un, maybe even an unconscious. unconscious bias against the sun. Just for its associations, borrowed from paganism by Christianity. <laughs> right. It's just as sunbursts everywhere. Uh huh. Yeah, sunbursts are very popular. Um, and Scubus <laughs> points out that Protestants also play with the S U N slash S O N thing yeah. as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's very very common. So I think that's a really valid possibility or hypothesis of yeah. why the moon is has, really emphasized yes and em- and is really gets that feminine quality mm-hmm. and why in a lot of pagan traditions you'll hear about the lord and the lady the goddess and the god but the goddess really gets more attention a lot of preeminence for the goddess yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, uh, res- no respect for the God. And hey, I am straight up saying it has taken me years to get that to the time. point where I can actually start adding a God into my worship, which mm-hmm. I have done with Cernunos, and now I think I'll do with the sun. <laughs> which, no. which sun God, though? Just the sun. Just the sun in general. Just yeah, soul. The planetary body. Soul. I have solar Norse, body. I have Norse heritage. Well, no, that would be female then. Yeah, yeah. but that's so still got it. <laughs> mm. If you wanted to work with a masculine planet, uh, you could do the celestial top. body. You'd have to do the masculine moon and the solar sun for Norse. But you can do other. There are there are plenty of options. And you're <sighs> syncretic, so you can do whatever you want. I can do whatever I want. Oh my god, this is so complicated, y'all. Melkor yeah, said. And Gardner. And Gardner. And yeah. Gardner yeah. also yeah. contributed for sure. Gardner. Gardner. <laughs> he Gard- was a card. <laughs> Did he, he look really young, so you had to be carded? No, he was a strange no. looking old man. <laughs> he was a very strange looking old nudist man. <laughs> oh, man. I saw a documentary with way yeah. too many images. Got gotcha. yeah, too many photos of Gardner. Too many photos. Um, Finn says, the Baptist church I grew up in had stained glass in the east windows since Jesus is supposed to return from the east. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So you do see a lot of that kind of stuff in Christianity as well. So, yeah, so there's they definitely took a lot of that. Borrowed, from, borrowed some iconography. The iconography, but also just maybe that concept of worshiping the sun. That is kind of... Why? Because it's sort of universal. It is. 
Like, it takes different forms, Mm -hmm. but I don't offhand know of any cultures that have zero sun worship. Or, like, where the sun doesn't factor into their mythology at all. Well, it makes sense, because the sun gives us warmth, it brings life to Mm -hmm. things that we grow. Uh, Yeah, Melkor points out agriculture. Yeah. We needed the sun for agriculture to work. The sun and the rain. The the three important... The sun is kind of important for, like, you know, life life and all. all. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So it makes sense that, that worship would revolve around the sun. Oh, Steph says, yeah, everything revolves around it, which, true, but heliocentrism was actually not, like, the dominant theory nope, in most no. ancient cultures. People thought that the sun revolved around the Earth. Earth, yep. But, Copernicus! And Galileo Galilei. Galilei. Galileo Galilei. Galileo, whoever. Right. <laughs> Galileo. Galileo, who got real fucked by the Catholic Church for mm-hmm. pushing heliocentrism. Uh, sort of started the the academic push towards that model of the universe. Mm-hmm. But that would have been post the time when the sun was perceived, especially in the Western world, as masculine. So I wonder if the heliocentric model actually pushed a patriarchal Could masculine be. sun. Could be. Oh, uh, yeah, Black Cat says, pair that with a fear of the dark and how the dark is associated with most things scary. The sun seems like a pretty good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, There is actually, so the cult of Mithras in Zoroastrianism, Mm -hmm. originally there was a different sun god in Zoroastrianism, and at some point Mithras sort of took over that sun god's job. Sure. (laughs) And there was a whole, like, specialized Mithras cult where the whole point of it was that night was a time of fear and terror, and only Mithras, the sun, could, you know, save and redeem everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I want to point out, in Hinduism, Surya mm-hmm. is the, the sun god and is, has been worshipped as, like, the main life deity, if you yeah. will, for centuries. And when you do a sun salutation, which is Surya Namskar. Right, which is a, that's a yoga thing. That's God a yoga you. thing. It is prayer in motion. It is prayer to mm-hmm. Surya. So when you are doing a sun salutation, yeah, please the- <laughs> remember that the the uh, it's not just exercise; it is actually uh, twelve flowing positions that are meant to honor and worship and and be a physical prayer to Surya, the sun. Yeah. So all the Christians who are like, don't do yoga; it's idolatrous. It worships other gods. They're totally correct. Totally true. Yeah. They're absolutely They're correct. Absolutely correct. Yoga is not just exercise. No, it's it, a religious practice. And I'm going to give you a, a a link that I want you guys to check out because it took me yeah. forever to find out what the actual meaning of Surya Namaskar actually means mm-hmm. in Sanskrit and what the what a sun salutation is. But if you go to shantiyogatrainingschool.com, and that's S-H-A-N-T-I-Y-O-G-A trainingschool.com forward slash sun dash salutations dash the dash meaning dash of dash Surya, S-U-R-Y-A dash namaskara. You're going to get these notes. I will get this in the notes. N-A-M-A-S-K-A-R-A. I will put it in the notes. Go visit this. It has a complete history of what the sun salutation is, all about the information about Surya. And all the traditional yoga forms are like that. Yeah. It took me so long to fa- to finally find something that wasn't, it's a great exercise. It mm-hmm. helps with your joints. And it, blah, 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 and it does. It's a, and it, it does. Listen, yoga is good exercise. It's, it's just also devotional. But I was right. looking for the devotional aspect. What does a sun salutation mean? Because I want to start, because I've mm-hmm. done sal- sun salutations in, uh, in a, worshipful solitary ritual to the sun mm-hmm. but without actually really understanding what I yeah, was doing. Yeah, knowing the context. Right. Without knowing the full context. And that's the difference between appropriation and appreciation. Exactly. And I want to move into the appreciation category when I do yoga. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a perfect time to put that in there because right, we're talking little... about the sun. Anyway. <laughs> yep. Oh. Join our tiger Kelly on a visit to Tree Wizard Creations where you can find custom engraved creations for all baths. They offer unique gifts and tools for altar, home, practice, and family. 
In addition to the standard product range, they offer custom commissions. If you can dream it, the wizard will create it. Contact them at treewizardcreations at gmail.com. Follow them on Facebook or visit treewizardcreations.com. That's T-R-E-E-W-Y-Z-A-R-D creations.com. Are you proud of me for getting the website in there? Yes, I am. (laughs) High fucking five. All right, cool. Oh, so something else I thought was interesting is sun deities are usually associated with something other than just the sun, even the ones that are personifications of the sun. So one of the earliest sun deities preceded Shamash, which is a a Babylonian and Akkadian deity, but who's thought to have preceded that deity is Utu, who's a Sumerian deity. So Utu, a Sumerian deity from way, way back in the day, was the representative of the sun and was also considered a helper god who, like, would, who could be petitioned to help you with things and whose primary responsibility inside human affairs was justice. And that's actually a really common association Mm -hmm. in solar deities, as you see them often associated with things like justice, um, legal matters, Mm -hmm. kingship. Well, the sun civilization. O- the sun offers clarity, so it right. make, because of the light, casting light into darkness. Exactly. Yes. That I see mostly associated with the masculine solar deities, mm-hmm. whereas the feminine solar deities you see mostly associated more with the life giving, the crops, the that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was an interesting. I think I'm just going to worship the sun as like I do with as a the, whole as the earth deity as just a whole. And that way it is gender neutral and mm-hmm. can, and does both. Does both. Does both things. Does all the things. Because I think the sun probably like if if you can have all these different sun deities who do like semi the same things, but across mm-hmm. a gender divide, I think the sun probably does all of those things. And That's it's just right. our human perceptions that are creating a gender divide. Now, I do have. Interesting, um, though, that Utu was the son of. The moon goddess. Yes, that's so, right. Interesting. Yeah. There was a there was like a a misunderstanding in in Sumerian mythology about which one came first. Yep. <laughs> Very cool. So was there more that you were going for with that, or no? No, I just thought okay. that was an interesting. It is very interesting. Uh, division of responsibilities, mm-hmm. I guess. Well, let me go ahead and then transition into different types of magic. Yes, solar magic. Solar magic. Because, like we said, a lot of people in, like, modern neo-paganism don't use the sun in magic mm-hmm. so much. They really focus on the moon, but you can do a lot of really cool things with the sun. Yeah, you can, and I'm starting to do that myself, because, sadly, I did kind of ignore the sun for many years mm-hmm. in my practice. Just got appreciated the sun in my garden, didn't appreciate the sun as religiously, far, religiously <laughs> or, or magically. The correspondences with the, for the sun include growth, mm-hmm. good feelings, Career, job, employment, relationships, family and wealth, gardening, (laughs) love, general abundance, confidence, courage. The sun is also good for revelation, literally finding what is hidden. Mm -hmm. Clarity and healing encourages friendships, partnerships, and reconciliation. Correspondences with stones or herbs Mm -hmm. or things like that. First of all, the element, obviously, fire. (laughs) <laughs> right. Well, technically plasma, but mostly we understand it as fire. Yes. Fire. Yeah. Gold is obviously a correspondent with the sun, but things like cinnamon, clove, pine, sunflower, mm-hmm. frankincense, walnut, acorn, saffron, buttercup, orange. Orange. orange, I was going to say that. Marigold, citron. Oh, citron. I never think of citron. <laughs> I know. Whoever thinks of citron. But that, and uh, the holidays that are most associated with uh, the sun, obviously, are the winter solstice and the summer solstice. Yeah. Well, that would more make the, sense. More Logical. the winter yeah. than the summer, actually. Yeah, because you, it's the return Getting of longer, the sun. Getting longer, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then, of course, um, sun magic, you have, you know, just like the moon has phases, the sun has phases, which we can talk about what exactly. we did. Exactly. Um, but the various uh, phases are sunrise, which are, is good for new beginnings, change, health, employment, renewal, resurrection, direction. Morning is the time when you would focus on growth, positive energy, courage, happiness, strength building projects, mm-hmm. and prosperity. At noon, you consider things like health, energy, wisdom, knowledge, good time to charge crystals and mm-hmm. tools. Mm-hmm. The afternoon is a good time for business decisions, communication, and travel. And then the sunset is a good time for removal, release, finding truth, and revelation. But what we what did. What we did. So I actually associate noon when the sun is right over top of your head 
with um, protection and, like, power and authority. Because that's the time when the sun is sort of most prominent in the sky. Sure. So when we did our warding for the ground. Finally. Of our of our home. <laughs> yes. The land we, upon uh, which we dwell. Yeah. We had had the crystals out charging for multiple days <laughs> in the sun. Uh, and many, many, many. The sun, many, the moon, the weeks. rain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It got, it got completely. Got, got every kind of weather in there. But they felt powerful, didn't they? They did, yeah. I actually felt like a buzz when I put them down. Mm-hmm. So we we took those out at noon and set them at the four corners of the of the property because we were establishing essentially a guard dog spell. Right. And for that kind of a spell, we decided what you want is high noon energy where the sun is at its full height. Mm-hmm. It has the best view of the surroundings. Mm-hmm. It's at its most powerful and authoritative. Mm-hmm. And it worked beautifully. Mm-hmm. And then we sealed the, we have like a, an area where there's a gate right at the front of our driveway. Mm-hmm. We sealed that with uh, smoke and with our incantation. Yep. It was great. It was very powerful. Very powerful time. So I'm, I'm not understanding completely why then the sun is so disregarded. Because... The moon, mm-hmm. it takes you 30 days to get through all of its parts. All cycles, right? Right, all mm-hmm. of its cycles. So if you want to do so something, you, to do some... you have to wait for a right time in the month. Right, but with the sun. Every day. It's every day. Every day. Every that was a great day. thing. We kept forgetting to set the, like, I wouldn't get up in time. <laughs> or or we'd forget. forget that we were going to do it. And so, like, every day we were just like, all right, next day we'll do it, next day we'll do it, next day we'll do it. Mm-hmm. And we could do that because there's a noon every day. Right. Whereas right. if we were waiting for a full moon, we would have had our one shot and then been fucked for a month. Yeah. Right. Sun is much more versatile, definitely, if we're going to cast at specific times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, Sunday is the day of the sun. Right. So that's a really auspicious day to do some magic, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, that's to, uh, to Black me. Black Cat says maybe it's a too simple issue. That could be. I think yeah. people, like, it feels more formal or ritual to do something at night under the moon if you can only do it once a month and you have this one opportunity. But, like, most of us are busy and on the go, so. Right. <laughs> And I also want to say that there's, you know, there is a mystique to doing, you know, practicing at yeah. night. Rabbit says moon comes out at night and it's Yeah, spooky. and it's spooky. <laughs> exactly, Rabbit. So, and the moon comes out at night. It does. <laughs> and I know that there the are, there are, though, certain traditions or covens or groups or just, you know, people who want that dark, spooky... Which is only where black, yeah. You know, you only practice it at midnight. You know, the witching hour. Mm-hmm. You know, people want that vibe, and that I understand <laughs> that. I totally do get that. Alex says, "I am the night." <laughs> exactly. Um, which I totally get that. But there is so much power to be, uh, you know, From to be sun. experienced and utilized in partnership with the sun. Because to it, to it, go back to the beginning the of the moon. episode. It's very big. It's very big. And it provides the most important source of energy for our planet. Mm-hmm. Like, not just heat in terms of, like, we need the warmth to live, which we do. Mm-hmm. But also in terms of how we have an atmosphere is that the sun, the plants need that to do the photosynthesis so they can make oxygen for us <laughs> so that we can live on that too. So like it's feeding us in multiple ways. Yeah. So I, and I don't want people to think I'm distant because I love doing shit at right. night. You love the moon. I love the moon. I love the moon. And I love doing shit at night in the dark with the candles. It's, it's an awesome experience. But uh, recently, mm-hmm. uh, in, even before I started, you know, today's mm-hmm. uh, working for toward today's podcast, I have really started enjoying working during the day. Yeah. There's just a ton of energy. And there's so much energy and there's so much more flexibility in your magic if you work with the sun or include the sun in your work. Right. So two different perspectives here. Alice Perch says, I am a tired witch. I can't wait until 3 a.m. to do shit. (laughs) And that's fair. But Alex says, it's easier for me to have uninterrupted time at night. And that's which true. Which is also true. That's true. And it's easier to be concealed, which was a which concern. Which I think was part of what contributed to Gardner's focus on the moon. <laughs> yes. Especially <laughs> since they liked to do things sky-clad. Sky-clad, yeah. <laughs> Out in the middle of the woods. Well, or in his backyard. Yeah, he, he had a big old fence yeah. around his yard. They did a lot in his back garden. Yeah. You maybe don't want to do that in the Seriously. light of day. You get sunburned. Unpleasant. <laughs> Seriously. Well, it's not just that. <laughs> there are certain societal there are multiple concerns. So, oh, um, someone mentioned earlier, and it's way gone now, but Gwen mentioned it too. 
one of the associations for the sun is healing. And yes. I personally think the sun is great for healing. Oh, absolutely. Um, very strong energy for that. More so than the moon, I think. I know a lot of people do call on the moon for healing, but I think the sun has just a much more... I think because of the warmth of it and could the... Be. It could be different. The vitality. There could be different types of healing from the sun and the moon. Like, if you're looking for something to cool down, perhaps a moon spell would be better. Like, if you need Yeah, something... if you got a fever or something, maybe mm-hmm. you want the moon. But I, I don't know. There's just a... There's a... I understand what you're saying. Yeah, just the, the vital energy of the sun feels very healing mm-hmm. to me. But I think also, like... The sun causes sunburn and heat True. stroke mm-hmm. and cancer. True. The moon doesn't do any of those. Well, that's that, that's true. That right. You don't get you don't Although get a moon, lots of, you don't get lots of other stroke. things also cause you don't cancer. get moon burn. <laughs> but, yeah, but I'm just saying, like in comparison, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Speaking as someone who's vitamin D deficient, deficient right. yeah, they need we, more sun. I need more sun. Yeah, because that's where we get the majority of our vitamin D. Yeah. So yeah. there's good things from the sunlight as well. It's complicated. It's a complicated Anytime you deal with something that, that powerful, it's, yeah. a, it's a complicated relationship. Exactly. Exactly. Black Cat said, no, the moon causes lunacy. Ah. And poor Rana and everybody in California and Oregon and all yes. those places. Y'all Colorado. The, Colorado. Yeah. You miss the sun. Yeah. Because of all that smoke. All that so. smoke. And fires and things like that. So yeah. That is a problem. Definitely yeah. a problem. And I think that's the thing is, you know, the, the sun and the moon and the earth, they work in concert. Exactly. Yeah. You can't you can't have one above the other necessarily. Exactly. I think I work together. I think because I see so much focus on the moon, I go really like rah-rah for the sun. <laughs> I'm not saying don't worship the moon. I'm saying worship both of them equally because they're equal powers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that is, I think, the, the thing to remember is that they, yeah. they work in concert. They are all equally as powerful and important to to our practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alex said, I like being pale. I'll stick to the moon. <laughs> pale uh, and interesting. Legit. For anybody who's on the... Uh, vocal, you can see how pale I am. You can see how pale Ode actually is. Ode is so, yeah. Ode does not do Very sun. Ode is Even so- when I do the sun, I don't tan. True. That's true. You just yeah. you're like me. You I just burn, burn and peel, and I'm exactly as pale as I was before. <laughs> the the hilarious thing is, this has always been Ode's skin color. They yeah, I've never always been super super pale to the point that I had a, a pediatrician yeah. who was really concerned that I was, had like a kidney problem or a liver disease. Yeah, mm-hmm, that was exciting. Let me tell you. <laughs> Melkor says Ode likes the underdogs. The sun, Maven, Ap, Modron. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Listen, oh my I'm goodness. just saying, they are getting their due respect. The respect, man, the respect. Join our Tiger Amanda and relax with the salts of Wonderful Body Co. These soaks and scrubs inspired by popular books and characters are designed to delight multiple senses. With fragrant scents and sparkling mica, you can also find a small selection of rollerball fragrances. With a few dozen options available, you'll be sure to find something you'll like at Wonderful Body Co.'s collection. This week, Otis recommended Chill, with scents of lavender, frankincense, sweet orange, and vetiver. Listeners of Three Pagans and a Cat can receive a discount with the code 3PAC30, that's 3, P-A-A-C-3-0, for 30% off. Find Wonderful Body Co. online at wonderfulbodyco.com or go directly to the shop at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash wonderfulbodyco. And remember remember to put the discount. I know. (laughs) And remember, Double high five for this show. You want the witch's path in the roller ball. Listen, the witch's path is good, and so is the heathen path and the druid path. I'm just saying, <laughs> chill sounds really good. Um, I will say I that have sweet orange. Come on, we oh, had a pride member mm-hmm. who moved this week into a new home, mm-hmm. and was like. Thank you to Wonderful Body Co. because I needed that soak. Needed Aww. the chill. Needed, yeah. the, needed, the, needed the body soak and the tub. Yep. yep. So. And that is the mission of Wonderful Body Co. That's right. To provide some space for for self care. Yeah. Exactly. Now I do want to going back to the sun. I do want to address some things I'm seeing in the in the Discord. Uh-huh. You know, because I understand everybody's like. Well, I got really sensitive skin, so I'm going to stick with the moon, or I don't go out in the sun because I can't connect to it, or I get, right. you know, I get too tan, or I get burned. Right. Or, working with the sun does not mean you have to be out in the, the same sun. Same as, as with, you can work with the moon indoors, and you yeah. can work with the sun indoors. Exactly. So, 
Um, I would just encourage you to, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm not saying don't work with the moon. I love the moon. I will always work with the moon. Absolutely. But I'm just saying give the sun a chance. It doesn't mean you have to go out into the right. sun. You don't have to go sunbathing. You don't have to go sunbathing or be in the sunlight. Um, but although if you want to be like a cat and you get like the sun coming in through a window and just like, just stretch out in the sun, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like, for instance, Rana is, is talking about, you know, the smoke is blocking the energy that they're, where they are in California, but both the energy of the sun and the moon, they're feeling foggy and it's very hard to connect. And, th- and that is a, that is an, a valid concern and a valid, um, you know, issue of having to deal with. And, but like I live in Michigan or we live in Michigan where the six months out of the year, we, we, don't, see the we sun. don't see the sun or the or moon, the moon. Yeah. <laughs> because it's so it's cloudy. We see. And so, um, you know, I have one of the things I have learned is to connect to the moon through visualization, through meditation, mm-hmm. through an icon, if psychically. I, psychically, if I, you know, or to, through viewing a, a picture or mm-hmm. an image of the moon. And the same can be done Just for the sun. Just to know it's still there. Well, Just and to the, know it's still there. The, the thing is, whether we can see them or not, right, they're all, their they are effects there. are still, still hitting felt. the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and this, this is actually why ancient peoples, you know, especially in far northern and far mm-hmm. southern climates, did have rituals for like, hey, we haven't, we literally haven't seen the sun in six months. We should maybe do a big fire or mm-hmm. something to bring it back. Right. We can, you, those kind of representative connections you can still make today. So yeah. like if you're feeling really disconnected from the sun and the moon because of the smoke and you haven't seen them and mm-hmm. the, like you just are having a hard time connecting, try lighting a candle. Yeah, try exactly. getting a piece of amber. Try, you know, getting a, a moonstone, an right? orange bowl of still water, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are things you can do in your home mm-hmm. to represent these things, and I'm not to even, maybe make that connection again. Yep. And Rana, I'm not even kidding about an orange. I don't know if you like oranges, but um, get an orange and concentrate mm-hmm. on the sun as you peel it, as you eat it. And uh, just fill yourself with that light, that solar, that the energy. Grow in very sunny locations, That's right? right. Yeah. And it is a, it is one of the symbols of the sun. Mm-hmm. So use that as a visual, as well as a, you know, taking that sunshine in mm-hmm. internally, that energy internally. Yeah. Absorb that sun Absorb energy. Absorb that energy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And you can do the same thing by holding a moonstone or mm-hmm. some, or looking at the a picture of the moon to to just. Get that energy back, that connection back. Mm-hmm. Right, and I would say like uh, like the drone footage from Stonehenge. Yeah. Oh God. For sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean that's, that's gorgeous amazing. stuff. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Um, you so know. if you need a visual, yep. go to yeah the the what is it? What is that website? Do you remember what it is? The Heritage. Yeah, it's the UK Heritage site. But you can you can see the photos. You can mm-hmm. watch the sunrise. Yep. At Stonehenge, if you need that visual. Yep. yep. And actually, there, yeah, there's full video of it from yep. the drone. Yeah. So yep. you're able to you see get it to rise. See the yeah. Full yeah. And I think they do moonrise yeah. the same yes, way. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yep. So that would be really good if you're just if you just need to see them, uh, to remember that they're there. Yep. Um. Oh, so one other thing I wanted to talk about is uh, we we did the talked about the moon in tarot. Yes. Last week, I did write that down. The sun is also represented in the tarot. And I'm always so happy for people when I see the sun in their reading. The sun is one of the very few cards that has literally no negative interpretation. Well, that depends on who you talk to. It does. But uh, even the net, even the like difficult, like leveled up interpretations of the sun are temporarily bad and they're mm-hmm. things you can manage right like there's never going to be the sun in your reading that means like catastrophe well like bittytarot.com um for their reversal it's you have to concentrate on your inner child you might be feeling down or blue uh, you might be over optimistic about a situation. It's still not bad. Exactly. <laughs> even even reversals on the sun, even negative interpretations of the sun are very much things that are inside your control. Exactly. The the sun is a wonderful card to get. Which is unusual because most major arcana cards you see uh they're things that are outside your sphere of influence, right? right. They're exterior forces acting on you. Mm-hmm. Things that are inside your control are usually in the minor arcana. So the sun has sort of both layers of that. It is and does represent um, broader successes 
you usually see it, especially in career readings, you see this on a lot, or for people who are going to get promotions, or for people who are doing very, very well in their jobs, like the this project is going to wrap up really well, that kind of a thing. You sometimes see it related to new relationships, like, yes, this is going to be a great relationship, you're going to be really positive and feel very joyful yeah, about it, that kind exactly. of a thing. Exactly. Sometimes you see the sun in relationship readings and it indicates like mm, babies because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the sun is also a symbol of vitality and there's yep. usually a baby on the card. And you know, for me, I don't really read negatives when I read a reversal all that much. Usually for me, it means an extended period period of time or a delay. So sometimes it can, you know, a sun, if it's reversed in a reading, and I, you know, right. depending on what the other cards Just around it. it'll be more complicated to get there. Exactly. Yeah. But it's still going to be a positive outcome and just may be a while. Right. The, usually when I see a reversed sun, it's something like overconfidence or jealousy. Mm-hmm. Like your successes will make other people jealous right. of you. That's usually what I see with a reversed sun. But even then, you still get the success, right? Exactly. It's just something you need to be conscious of in a reverse position that success isn't unilaterally good. Yeah. But generally speaking, the sun is a very oh. positive card that everyone likes to see. I am not even kidding. There are some readings I've done where everything is so doom like, and gloom, doom and gloom, and then you got the sun. You, you get like, the oh, tower, you get death, God. you get the ten of swords, and then you get the sun. It's like, all right, trials and tribulations coming up, but Whew. at the end of the road, there is a very big light, <laughs> and you're just like, yay, mm-hmm. you know. And they and you look at it and you see the sun, and you're just like, oh, thank the gods. <laughs> That is in there because otherwise I'm going to have to make this person cry really hard. (laughs) Thank you to the sun for providing some levity to this moment. That's right. (laughs) So, yeah, the sun is a great card to see in the tarot. I think it's, like I said, it's usually considered sort of the most positive card in the deck. Yeah. Star, yeah. So the difference between the star and the sun, which I guess we can talk about the star now, too, because technically um, the sun sun is is a star. Uh, <laughs> but not in tarot. <laughs> not right. In, in tarot, they're separated. They're, but they're tec- different. Scientifically, the sun is just our nearest star. But not in tarot. They're different. Right. So, so, but in tarot, <laughs> the star is optimism yeah. and sort of new opportunities mm-hmm. and hope. Kind you of like hope attached to the star a lot. It's kind of like you know you're living under a lucky star. Yeah, kind of. Luck does definitely have a lot of connections mm-hmm. to positive luck, but not in the same way that, like, the Wheel of Fortune you see is, right. like, trusting the universe. The star is, like, you'll have some good turns, but, like, don't rely on them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, because in its reverse aspect, the star can be, like, eh, maybe a little bit of bad luck there. <laughs> maybe you were a little too optimistic. Yeah. Maybe you didn't put as much work in as you should have, and yeah. you just were trusting the universe to take care of it. Yeah. So the the sun is sort of in tarot. Like, an ascended the star, mm-hmm. right? It's the star taken to the next level of accomplishment. It's the happy, happy, joy, joy star. Exactly. The The sun is the star after the star, right? The, so the star is optimism, hope, new opportunities, possibilities opening up, right? Mm-hmm. Good luck coming to you. And the mm-hmm. sun is all that stuff came true. The, you like you followed the star and you've come to the sun. Yes, exactly, exactly. So... I think that's it. I think we've covered the sun. <laughs> yeah, briefly. We've in, done a brief overview of the sun. Yeah. And very enthusiastically. And I, I like did not sun. sing Lucky Star by Madonna. No, you didn't. You did so, not. Although I can't. There's still hard. time. No, 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 no. <laughs> Although I do have a solitary ritual to honor the sun that okay. um, I wrote about it originally in a, in a, uh, in blog. a blog post on Patheos. And so I thought I might share that just briefly. This can be done at any, you know, at sunrise, at noon, or at sunset. It does not have to be done outside. It can be done inside. Um, you'll want some kind of, you know, if you are outside, you'll want some kind of a blanket or a mm-hmm. chair or a yoga mat. Um, you'll want a glass or a small pitcher of water. If you're doing this inside, have an empty bowl that you can pour the water into. And then um, what you can do, if you do want to bring the element of fire into this, you can face the south. Um, but you light a candle? Yes, you could also light bring a candle. A little literal fire under If it. you're inside. I don't necessarily, unless you're very careful outside. With or if you the, have a fire pit. Yeah, if you have a fire pit. Yeah. But, and um, you don't live in a very fire-prone area. Exactly. But how you do this, and again, this is just something I came up with because I was in a really dark place 
right toward the end of the winter and mm-hmm. with COVID and all this, and I needed to bring some light. Right. You know, and so this is what I, this was what I did. I went to the sun. You do is you stand with your arms raised. Don't looking at the sun. Right. Don't look at the Don't sun. Look at sun. Don't it look will, at the sun. It will damage your eyes, yeah. and it'll do it in a sneaky way where it doesn't feel like pain, so you won't notice. Right. So keep your eyes lowered or wear sunglasses or close your eyes. But, um, you know, raise your arms in greeting. And then if you do yoga, do a sun salutation with the understanding consciously. Yeah. of consciously that you are doing a moving prayer to the sun. And honoring specifically to Surya, yeah, and specifically to Surya, as this as a representation of the sun. Um, and then once you have gone through that, and you feel like you know you've connected, and you will sit down, and then what you do is you chant the name of the sun god, or the you know, right. whether it's Surya or a particular de- sun deity, or just the sun. It's a form of contemplative prayer, basically, right. or, or a mantra. Uh, that kind of thing, just repeating that and breathing slowly and focusing your energy to connect with the sun that and receiving that energy, that healing if you need it, or just being filled with that light, mm-hmm. whatever you need to work on with that. And then once you've gotten to that place where you feel like you're done, you offer the water in gratitude, and then you will stand, you will raise your arms, and you will say farewell. Yes, pick up your stuff. And you go about your day. Right. You either, you pour the water out on the sink or. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like if you're outside, obviously you pour the pour water the, into the, the ground, earth. into a plant or the earth. Um, if you are in the house, you put it in the bowl and then you put the bowl, you know, in the kitchen. In the kitchen. <laughs> Not to attract gnats. Down, down, down the sink. Yeah. But anyway, that's just, and it can be as long. You could also add probably like a drop of citrus oil or something oh, yeah. to your, to your water. Or some, yeah, you could. You could offer an orange, right? You yeah. know, lots of ways to personalize this. Mm-hmm. This is just very, very basic, and you don't have to do a sun salutation, right? Um, if you're not but comfortable with that. if you're not comfortable with that, but just taking the time to acknowledge the 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 sun deity that mm-hmm. you are honoring, um, taking some time to just absorb that energy and just be in communion yeah. with, with right. the sun and offering gratitude. Yeah. Or the life giving energy that the sun gives us. Yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah. And especially because I think a lot of witches do do that kind of, they commune more with the moon. Mm-hmm. So it'll just be a different experience for people. Yeah. To yeah. commune with the sun. For it was it was really healing for me because, like yeah. I said, I was in. You were I, really struggling. Yeah. Well, I tend to deal with SADS anyway, the seasonal mm-hmm. affective disorder. Living in Michigan, yeah. many of us do. <laughs> um, and I, but I found this to be a very healing practice. Very cool. So. All right, there you go, sun. And you're saying you can do that any sunrise, sunset, <laughs> sunrise, sunset. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't remember the words. Neither do I. <laughs> I didn't know any of them ever. <laughs> it's from Fiddler on the Roof. It's from the Fiddler oh, okay. on the Roof, yeah. Another one we'll have to watch. Yeah, yep. I, I don't think I've watched Fiddler on the Roof since I was like eight. <laughs> oh, come on. And also, yeah. I think you did it in the major key. It should be It'll in be a in minor, minor key. key. Yep, yep. So, you know, so listen to it. It's a beautiful song. <laughs> Oh, All right. Okay. We're, we're done. We're ready to go. All right. Are we done? Lead us out, Car. You can find us on Google. That's it. Just Google us. That's, That's it. Google. That's everything. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.